Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Michelle Berquist, your host of Women Leading the Way. And, oh, my, do we have a topic and a wonderful leading lady today, somebody that I've known for a long time, so it's exciting to have her on our show. But our topic today is going to be on the impact of COVID on civic and local government organizations, which I don't know about all of you, but... Uh, none of us really think about those frontline workers and the impact and what they've done since COVID hit. So with me, our leading lady is none other than you guys will know, but her name is Deanna Potter, and she is the Strategic Communications Manager for the Center um, for Organization Effectiveness. And yes, she is all about effectiveness and organization and making sure people do better and be better. So Deanna, Welcome to Women Lead Radio. It's been a while. And say hello to all of our listeners. Hello, all listeners throughout the world. So happy to be here. And, Michelle, thank you for having me back after such a long time. Very happy to be here. It has been a long time. I'm, like, dying on going. Yeah. You're asking about our show, and I was laughing. You're like, oh, well, you know, we're international now, Deanna, and it's crazy. We've I got know. people listening. Hello, Australia, and hello, the U.K., and even um, some in Africa, believe it or not. I just I love stats, wow. but that's another whole subject. Let's talk about you today. I want our listeners to know what does a strategic communications manager do at the Center for Organization Effectiveness? And we're going to get into some of this, but what do you do overall in your charge as a leader at your company? Uh, Gosh, so I'm a jack of all trades. I have a very unique position. I do some uh, client intake. I do project management. I work both internally as an employee, but I also work externally in the role as a consultant. So I'm in the field, quote-unquote, which right now is virtual, where I do leadership development and training. I work with both um, high-level execs. I work with middle management. I can even do some work on the front line where I facilitate training classes. I do one-on-one coaching for executives. I develop programs. I write content. I also um, lead uh, projects on the team. I do some one-on-one thought partnerships with um, our leader. I do a little bit of everything, yeah. It is, it is, it's, it's Jackie of all, not Jack of all, just so you know. We gotta no, make sure sorry. we're clear here Thank on you. certain things. Right. My apologies. No, it's yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, this is one, one of the reasons I thought you would be so, it's fascinating. It's fascinating and I don't think enough of us think about this. Like, when we think of COVID, we're like, we're talking about consumers and individuals. And of course, it's like all that all of us as a society have been through um, since COVID hit last March. But I want you to think back. And when we think of last March and the clients that you serve, I mean, to me, this is the part and the clients, can you just share before I get that big question to you, like, share with who the clients are that you work with from government agencies to all the different sectors you work with, just so everybody knows who we're going to be talking about here. 
Yeah, so the, um, we work throughout the state of California, and as I think everybody knows, it's quoted as, what, the fifth largest economy in the world, so it's a pretty decent size. And we work with uh, cities, counties, local municipalities. We also work with water and sanitation districts. Um, we work with uh, state agencies. Uh, that means anything that runs throughout the state of California potentially could be our client. Uh, I'm would to mention all of them, but it's a very significant amount of uh, state and government. We also work with some healthcare. We will do some nonprofit and some higher education, usually private colleges. But a significant 95% of our clients are government. And that's where I want to kind of spend the time is because so many of us, you know, again, not going political, quote, unquote, on our radio show, but, you know, those staff workers and managers and supervisors and, you know, frontline workers that are out there keeping, like you said, keeping the water running, the lights on, the infrastructure of where so many of us back in March were told to shutter in place. I mean, can you just paint a picture briefly? I mean, what was it like for the clients that you work with in government offices and civic organizations and the kind of municipalities when the, the, the kind of COVID orders came down and we had to shut down in California. What was it like for your clients? Yeah, so, um, you know, we all know that this is our generation's most historic, uh, I, I can't, I'll say a tragedy. Um, many generations had their own. And just like you and me, we didn't know what to expect. We also, I think many of mm -hmm. us thought, well, it'll be temporary. And yet for those of us who didn't know, we had the opportunity and a lot of our businesses kind of pause, digest, and think, okay, do we wait a little bit? And then do we figure out what we're going to do? Well, our local governments didn't have the choice. There was no waiting. They had to wake up the next day and figure out how are they going to continue to serve the communities. And not only that, they also had to start to set up uh, what they call EOCs, which are emergency operation centers. So they had their organizational responsibilities that had to continue to run, and they basically had to set up an entire new organization within the organization. So they had wow. uh, double duty. And they still had the same resources. They still had the same number of staff. And a lot of the leaders had to make big decisions with a lot, uh, with no guidebook. There was no policies to go back to. There was nothing to look back in the past. They were trudging forward without really knowing what was coming. In addition to that, they had to go down to the staff level and say, excuse me, you know, you, you, and you, we need to pull you from wherever you're at, libraries, um, uh, uh, behavioral health departments, building and planning, sanitation. We need to pull you and we need you to go over to this emergency operations center and now function in a duty that you may not have had experience or training, but we think you have the skills and we need you in this crisis. And so we left other areas, you know, with less staff and we had to go over here and provide support for the community. And they have been dealing under a lot of pressure and stress to do the very best they could do. Right. I mean, I think I called it the spa. You have to shift, you have to pivot, and you have to adapt. But um, mm -hmm. it was no spa, let's just say, with that shifting and that pivoting. I, you know, I, I think this would be interesting just for any, not only women in business, because that's primarily, you know, who our listeners are. Hello, listeners. Um, but I think mm -hmm. you as a consultant and a coach and advisor, you know, to these leaders that are in the government offices and the municipalities, I mean, what were some of the things, I guess, you know, kind of give us an idea because you shared a story with me about what some of the leaders of these civic organizations and the impact that all of this shift 
and pivot and keep things going has done on just the mental wellness of some of these leaders. Can you share a little, without obviously too detailed, but share what kind mm-hmm. of an impact has COVID made to be able to shift immediately? You're in ready mode. You go to emergency mode and got it. But what have you seen as some of the kind of far-reaching mental wellness pieces that really none of us, all of us know that our consumers or business owners that were shuttered up was that we didn't want to live in our homes much more without getting out. But the mental wellness of some of these staff and line workers and leaders was pretty impactful. Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit about what you kind of experienced and saw over the course of 14, 15 months? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, it's funny because I was just talking to my husband and I was saying, you know, I, I think we've forgotten those, let's say, first four to six weeks, especially the first couple where we looked outside and there wasn't a car on the road anywhere. Yeah. Like it was yeah. it was really scary. Like if you ran into a person in your neighborhood or I happened to live in a high rise at the time, we got in an elevator. It was like you you got startled when somebody came within six feet of you. You know, we didn't know. And so at that mm-hmm. point, we all who were home, we felt, I felt safer in my home. Well, our communities and our neighborhoods had to continue to function. And so a lot of these staff members, they didn't have options. You know, they, as, although some went hybrid at home or went remote, a lot could not. And so that was a lot of um, mental anguish, and the leaders had to consider very carefully tough decisions who can and who really just cannot because they're essential. And what is the, what's the mental impact? What's the true liability and, uh, you know, physical impact of what the, the fear could be and what could really happen? Could they get sick if things happen? And so that started at yeah. the beginning and continued. And there have been cases um, or situations like real stories. I know of a staff member in one organization that, you know, this person lived at home with a mother, a father, grandparents, and a sister, and this person got COVID. Uh, He was an essential worker, came home, and brought it home, and the entire family got COVID. And the only two people that survived were the mother and the sister. The father, the grandmother, and the uh, grandmother and grandfather ended up hospitalized and passed. I mean, think about the oh impact on that. This person is yeah. a public sector and, worker. And well, I mean, that's, that's tremendous. And, you know, as the, I know as we, the, oh, yeah, yeah. No, go ahead, um, go ahead. Keep going, keep going. Yeah. Cause, you know, oh. that was in the earlier stages. And then as things started to open back up, um, you know, we all know about the, the so sad, the small businesses and especially the restaurants that have suffered and the anguish. People are losing their livelihoods. And there are uh, public sector workers that have jobs. They get up and they are tasked to go out and check on inspections, make sure that the outdoor seating was adequate, things that we sat at home going, this is terrible. Why are they doing this? And yet the inspectors are out there and they may agree. They have personal opinions just like us. And yet they're trying to hold a job support their families. We don't know what their individual issues are. And there was an inspector in California that went out. There was a very upset individual who owned a facility and got really angry and was over the top with their emotions and the situation. And that inspector was stabbed and died because of the job he held. 
So it, it's and I think, that you know, a lot there's of so many throughout the state. Right. There's so many there's so many of those untold, right, stories and things like mm-hmm. that. And I know, you know, I mean, again, this is about women leading the way. And, you know, for our listeners, it's like, you know, we all had our own experience and still are. I mean, we're still navigating COVID. You know what I mean? It's just like we go two steps forward and five back. But one of the things I think I wanted to, and then we're going to take a commercial break in about four minutes here. The thing I wanted to kind of lock in with you is what, I mean, what can you share? And I, I get there's top secret stuff that goes on here for when you're dealing with clients from a confidential standpoint. But, you know, what was it like for you in the kind of, let's say, crescendo of what you saw in interacting with your clients and what they were dealing with? Like, were people, you know, were most of your clients just, you know, steadfast and they're in there? Did, did you start to see, you know, kind of like a trend where people just started to crack and, you know, just, this whole emergency zone and people are getting more and more frustrated because they're locked up and, you know, their government offices and, you know, I mean, it's just back and forth. Like what did you experience with your clients um, and how they dealt with it? You know, I mean, just kind of overall, can you share? I mean, was it like a, you know, every month something was different? Did they get a little more worn and weary from dealing with COVID like all of us have that were locked up in our homes? Yeah. Great question. Um, so in, in the beginning, it was um, all intense action. They were focused. They, they, I don't think that there was enough time to think about how they were feeling about it because they needed mm-hmm. to be proactive and they needed to execute. And that was every from the top down. I think there was always care and concern, especially from leaders, about the impact on staff. Uh, but, you know, people go into public sector not for the money, <laughs> Honestly, um, it's not, right. you know, it's not, you know, and um, so they, they I, I believe that public sector um, servants have a bad, there's a bad connotation sometimes around, oh, if it's good enough for the government, you know, all those things. And I have found from working with them over the last several years, you know, half a decade or more now, that many of these people have a servant heart. And they're there mm-hmm. because they really care about the communities. And so they're there and they worked hard and they did what they had to do because they believe that it matters. And so they were very action oriented and they continued to work hard. But it also, they were under a lot of constraints. Again, remember from the beginning, we were splitting resources to do two different things. And so they were very, very overworked, very. And it was hard. It was a lot of work. So, you know, yeah, there was a point of, exhaustion, both for, I think, the staff and the leaders, and there was a lot of concern about how do we sustain this. You know, they went from emergency operation centers to now vaccination centers, you know, so it just went from one Um, thing to another. And I think now what they're finding, yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I I keep interrupting. We're we're on a little bit of a delay, but you keep going ahead. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so now I think it's really about, you know, how do we continue to sustain and make sure that there's renewal and recovery because their biggest challenge today is what the private sector is going through, organizations, is what will the new blended work environment look like? What will the new hybrid work mm-hmm. environment look like? Because there are people that have been working from home, some haven't, some have, and how do we get those people to be comfortable with what is the need for the quote-unquote client, their client, which is, you know, public, and uh, making sure that there's still an accommodation and a um, 
support for what people are dealing with at home. Many people now have um, become uh, accustomed to how sometimes if they were able to work from home, now they've got a routine with when it comes to child care or uh, senior care or things along those lines. So they're, you know, they're trying to figure out how do we continue to serve the public and make our staff feel appreciated and recognized. And uh, it, it's challenging. It, it's challenging for them the same way it's challenging for private sector. Right. And I don't think we've ever kind of really discussed that. We just look at them as those government agencies and those that tell us what to do and not to do. You know what I mean? So um, I'm yes. going to take a quick commercial break here for one of our sponsors. But when we come back, what I want to do is shift a little bit. I want to talk about your experience and kind of some of the stuff that you dealt with with some of your clients on what you advised them as they started to a little bit for so many of us. Like when we, you know, we're all unraveling. We're all trying to navigate COVID. But I'd like to kind of talk about you and your experience and how do you lead in such a challenging time. So hang with me. Um, Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, National University. National University is proud to be San Diego's largest private nonprofit university founded in 1971. The National University mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to adult learners. Today, National University educates students from across the U.S. and around the globe with over 170,000 alumni worldwide. Thank you so much for your support, National University, and to all of our sponsors and our partners, including Deanna, the Center for Organization Effectiveness. So thank you for your sponsorship, you, for for Connected Women of Influence. Okay, I'm back to you now. So this is Deanna Potter, the Strategic Communications Manager with the Center for Effective Communication, or Center for Effective Organizational effectiveness. Boy, I got that one wrong. Can you clue me in on that one? It's okay. the center for yeah, actually, organization effectiveness. And we go by the That's center. That's a tongue twister. So I'll make it. The I center. Know. We go okay. by the center, so you're good. There you go. <laughs> Thank you for letting me, like, you know, figure out that I made a mistake. I'm so sorry. But, you know, what you do is so important because I, I think what's coming out of COVID, there was a psychologist that I talked to was on our show a few weeks ago, and one of the things that she was saying was that, the, the far-reaching effects of COVID from a mental <clears throat> and a mental wellness standpoint, we have no idea what it's going to be like. And yet I know, you know, for what you do is you help people be better leaders and better achievers and better performers within the organization structure and the clients you work with. So, you know, share, if you can, I know I'm going to have you kind of dig into your mind deep and I've got lots of examples, but generally – what was an example, I mean, can you share an example of maybe one of the conversations you've had of where, you know, the mental wellness was so telling of what some of these leaders were going through as it got into, we were going forward last fall, then we started to open up again, and then we locked back down in December, you know, and in January, it was just so hard. February, we're starting to open it up again. <clears throat> what that that maybe experience with an example of how you worked with one of your clients to kind of help them, you know, on the side of where they were starting to, let's just say, kind of frazzle a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I need to paint the picture and um, remind everyone that when you are a low government, a lot of the levers that you press and pull from are not all within your control. You're waiting from direction mm-hmm. from the state, and the state is often waiting for news based on 
what the CDC is saying or what the local um, uh, uh, health directions are. So you sit and prepare for the next direction, and you need to have plans in place to uh, execute very quickly on which direction things are going. So it's a very unsettling place to be, especially if you are a leader like many of us here on the, on, on, who are listening, where you like to plan ahead and be ready to know five steps ahead, how things will go, and it's really challenging. And, and what you're doing is you have to consider, obviously, not only what your objectives are, like, okay, I have to execute on these initiatives or these plans, but how does it affect your staff? And then how does it affect the community and the public who, at the end of the day, they, um, we, were, we had a lot of other things happen in the last 18 months besides just COVID, right? Between right, social exactly. unrest True. and what, what Black Lives Matter, uh, you know, defund the police, all kinds of other things that came up. So in these cities and counties, it wasn't only COVID. So there was a lot of other things that were going on. So as a leader, it was almost like which ball in the air, how do I keep my eye on all of them? equally important how do we make sure that we're providing safety in a lot of different areas and at the end of the day when i make the call is it my call to make and if i make this call am i going to have the support am i going in the right direction how do i take care of my staff it was the word is exhausting and Mm. i think it was it was hands down no doubt the most challenging time for a leader to be a leader in any position within the government right now, which I think is why, uh, and I think in the beginning we were giving people a lot of kudos. Oh, my gosh, this is so hard. Good for them. I can't imagine. I wouldn't want that job. And then as time went on, all of a sudden it was easier to, you know, judge people and say, well, that's not right. I I would be doing this. You should be doing that. And everybody makes mistakes. You know, nothing's, uh, you know, I, I personally, I think it's because I, I see how much that goes into all of this. Um, it, it's, 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 there are so many multiple things coming in so many different directions. And the resources are not there. Sometimes the decision's not yours. It's just really, really challenging. And I, I think I that's an, at the local level, so. Well, I think that's an amazing perspective because it is. Everything is, you know, context, right, of what you experience. But I don't think enough of us think about that, at least, I mean, for just, you know, Susie and Joe consumer, but, you know, also business owners because, you know, for many of us as business owners, we were, we were shuttered in place, right? But we're not, we're, we're not thinking about those that were out there and dealing with the fires and also not having all the answers. Like you said, it's like, we just think, oh, you know, they're, you know, some people, they're lying to us. Others are like, well, what's the science? You know, I mean, there's all of that that, that is in there. I, we've only got a few minutes left, but I do want, you know, for our listeners to know, because it's a lot of professional women, Deanna, and you always give such great insight and you have these wonderful Deanna-isms that I've known for many years. But what, you know, for you, what what was it in going through even with, because you didn't stop working during all this. Um, I know no. if I can share, you were working really hard and it was not easy for you. How did you, mm-hmm. or what did you do to kind of maintain your, let's say, level of saneness going through and hearing this all the time. I mean, I can't imagine there were lots of, you know, wins and victories because they were dealing with what they were dealing with. But how did you rise above and keep your head above water in advising a lot of these clients 
and being the coach and the consultant you are? What did you do to self-care for you during all this? Um, well, candidly, I didn't do a great job the whole time. Uh, I'll, I have no problem being transparent about that. I was um, managing it well in the beginning because I think we were a little bit slower in pace because we were all trying to figure it out. And then as I think we kind of figured out, okay, this is how things are going to be, I worked uh, more than – I probably worked harder and more hours in my home than I ever did, and I worked a lot of hours when I was in a quote-unquote normal world. But before I used to be on the road, I traveled up to two weeks of the month um, delivering content, being face-to-face mm-hmm. with the client, and now everything became Zoom. So I was stuck in that mode where, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning, back-to-back-to-back, you know – excuse me, do you mind really quick if I use the restroom and grab a water before I start the next one, you know, and it was long oh days and, you know, I was doing work at night and all that stuff. And uh, I wasn't always, uh, didn't have good balance at some point. And then I had a couple of months where I was like, this, I can't sustain this. It's not good. And then I, I you know, I yeah. pulled back and I said, no, I gotta, I have to, I have to recorrect. I have to force correct. And then I reassessed and um, I got better at it, you know, and um, so I, I, I need to fess up, you know, I'm, I'm human like everybody else. And so now it became more of a, if this is, you know, I, I do this analogy. I say, hey, remember when we all thought it was just going to be a short period of time? We sat in our pajamas and went, I'm going to eat the chips <laughs> and the ice cream and I'm going to enjoy it. And then all of a sudden you wake up and right. you go, okay, this is for real. I need Ew. this like this. I can't, right. can't live like this, right? Um, so then I got right. better. I, you know, I set good boundaries. I said, gee, I'm sorry. I can't do it on that day because I need, I thought to myself, I need a lunch break and I need some time to do the work that come out of the meetings, you know, that kind of thing. So it's gotten better. I also have a husband who said, uh, no, this is not healthy. (laughs) So there's good accountability there. I encourage you to find somebody who can nicely be accountable to you. So that's always important. And um, I also feel that I also think all of us, or at least the people I am around also kind of went through this bell curve, right? When things got really, really high intense and then we all went, okay, this is kind of going to be, there's going to be a new world, a new life after this. You know, after September 11th, I tell people who didn't, weren't around, I'm like, guess what? We didn't always have to take, take our shoes off in the airport. We got to go to the gate and talk to people. Right. Well, guess what? We're calling it a hybrid work environment. It's just going to be a work environment to some people. Someday they're just right. going to go, this is always how it's been. No, it wasn't. And we went through a big change in, in business and in life. It's just going to be the way things are going to be. I think I'd love for you in the, the few minutes we have left, because first of all, thank you, because I know you were always authentic, and I count on that. And, uh, yeah, you always tell me I deflect, mm-hmm. which I kind of do. But, you know, um, I think it was hard for everybody <laughs> in different ways. And this is what – I know you, you laugh. We'll have to have a whole, a whole radio show on deflection, because I could master that on the how-tos of deflection, which if is not good. But if, if yeah. we do, I'm, You'll interview me. I'm interviewing you. <laughs> <laughs> let's do that. All right. Let's, let's, let's call, call BSBS. We'll do that. Um, I'm laughing. Okay. But, you know, for our listeners, I think one of the things that 
all of us, you know, whether it comforts you or scares you, and I hope it comforts you more than anything else, is that this is what has fueled my soul going through all of COVID as a small business owner and being somebody who's been in the event industry. I mean, look at you on the journey you went through, because it wasn't like anybody had a rule book on how we should do this, but most of us know we shouldn't, for me, it was like most of us should know you should not put a wine bar in your home office, right? Like, that sounded fun in the beginning, and I was like, oh, I got this little, like, you know, wine bar. And then you start ordering DoorDash. And it's like you just, you know, for me it was getting squishy. But now we're waking up and we're like, wow, I think this is a shocking part for me is how a year of things, and they were so dramatic and such a pivot and such a dramatic shift that now getting, there is no sense of normal. So what would be the advice you would give to people? Because that's what's been, I think, that I'm hearing about and I've experienced too is the frustration of, trying to go back of whatever the new normal is. It's, it's like you're going down a road where you don't know where you're going, you know, and I'm, I'm sure you're hearing mm-hmm. that with your clients, but what would be yeah. the advice you might give as we wrap up the show and say, you know, here's what, just, this is how you deal with it, you know? All of us have our own way yeah. of doing what we're doing, but what do you suggest? Yeah. So I suggest this. Look at whatever is on your mind concerning you, whatever you're looking at, and ask yourself, can you really control it? And what I mean, let's not use the word control, impact. Because too many times we're trying to control, maneuver, influence, impact things that we can't. And for God's sakes, please turn off the television and stop watching the news. Oy. So, I mean, Ooh, you don't need that much of it. That's a hard one for it, me to okay? take, but okay. <laughs> okay, seriously. You need 90 seconds. Get the basic updates and then turn it off. If anything that dramatic happens in the world, believe me, you will find out. And social media, do it for sure. business and then get off. Get off, get off, get off. Do it in a healthy manner and get off and start working on what matters. Like contact your clients, you know, build a new program, make some phone calls, do something that's going to improve your life, okay? And the other thing is this. If the things that you can impact, then do them from a positive manner. Ask yourself when you are at your best, and I'm talking when you feel your best in your day, you have the highest energy, how are you starting your morning? What's the routine? Do you get up? Do you walk? Do you play with your dog? Do you meditate? Do you pray? Do you journal? Uh, What are you doing? And science statistics show us, if you ever listen to uh, Darren Hardy, those people that wake up early and go to bed early significantly have higher performance, better achievement, a better quality of life because the activities that people do in the morning are highly more healthy. They usually are having a good breakfast. They're moving their body. They're they're reading, they're doing a prayer, meditation, versus the activities we do at night, which are typically watching TV, eating crappy food, being on social media, whatever else. So try to shift a little bit. You don't have to be perfect, but that would be some tips. That's a heck of a way to wrap up the show. But I, I know you have just insight coming out of you. So I'm thinking we're not going to take so long to have you back on the show. And I just want to say thank you because <laughs> we're out of time. But those were great insights. And you left us with don't be perfect, one step, one action, right, all of that. It's like it's just sometimes such logical information is how we can migrate through this. So thank you, yes. Deanna, it, for being our leading per- lady not, for now. It's not perfection. Well, it's purpose purpose. Okay, I like that. Folks, to our listeners, the word is purpose. That is your that is your word for the week, the month, and the rest of the year, purpose. Because we don't have a plan. So we're just going to be able to kind of find the purpose with, through what we're dealing with. I love it. Thank you. Any other thing before I wrap up here? Because you've been an amazing leading lady. We're going to have you back. 
Um, to our listeners, I want to say thank you for listening. You know, maybe you don't, but we're an international show, and we're here every single Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific time and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific time. And I want to say for those of you that are listening, you can find us afterwards on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and many other distributions to be able to hear our shows and also past shows. And to that, I want to say to all of you, it's like listen to Deanna, find your purpose. It's not perfect, and we're all not necessarily going to get through this, but it's just being able to navigate and get through tough times. So, Deanna, thank you, and everyone have an awesome and amazing week. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.